are listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for the Plano Pulse. We here at the Plano Chamber are working hard on our 2021 events now. We would love to partner with you as a sponsor, buy virtual tables for your employees, and many other ways. We'd love to connect with you and get you more information on how you can partner with us on these great events. Find out more at planochamber.org or contact any Plano Chamber staff. Thank you for joining us for Plano Pulse. I'm Kelly Marcellus, President and CEO of the Plano Chamber. And I'm Steve McSwain with Arta Travel, the 2021 Chair of the Board for the Plano Chamber of Commerce. So I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest. I feel like this is a little inside baseball because this individual is so integral to the work that the Chamber does. Trisha Windham is a partner at Trinity Public Affairs. She's a founding partner. They specialize in public policy consulting, community relations, strategic planning, and communications at the local and state level. Previously, Trisha served as the executive vice president for the Davis Advocates and managing director of public policy for the Dallas Regional Chamber, where she and I got to work together. So um, she is one of my treasured former colleagues. And Trisha, thanks so much for being here today on the Plano Pulse. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So you launched Trinity Public Affairs last year in partnership with Katie O'Brien. So excited for this new venture. Um, you and Katie worked together at the Davis Advocates. Can you just give us a quick overview of this, of this new opportunity and the roles that both you and Katie play in the business? Sure. So Katie and I have worked together as public policy consultants for the last four or so years. Previously, as you mentioned, I was at the Dallas Regional Chamber and have about 10 years of public policy experience, largely in the Chamber of Commerce Business Association world, um, dealing with the issues, the big issues that are important to business communities in Texas at the state level and a little bit at the local level as well. And Katie actually came originally from Dallas, but spent six years in Austin working for a senator in the legislature. And so she has just a wealth of experience of, I would call it how the sausage is made of, you know, it's one thing to learn about it and to be in the mix of it, but it's another that's actually helping, you know, press the levers and pull the gears and make things happen at the legislature and really understanding how that process works. So her and I worked together for a while, the Davis Advocates, as the founder of that company decided to retire. Uh, it was just a no-brainer for Katie and I to move forward with our existing clients and, and the work that we do, and we created Trinity Public Affairs. So just before we go on to the next question, can you just kind of give our listeners an idea of what it means to be a public policy consultant? Like, what does a day look like for you? Sure. So we are, I and mean, we specialize in basically being translators for the government between government and business associations and private companies and, you know, sort of any interested party that has business with the government or just needs to understand how rules and new laws and policies impact their industry or their business specifically. So, so as you know, Policy, politics, government is really a foreign language for a lot of people that don't do this on an everyday basis. Um, and so for us, we're helping our clients who are largely business associations or private companies understand how to interact with the government and our local elected officials and our, our staff members of our local government entities in a way that is productive for their industry or for their business. And so 
we spent a lot of time reading the news, getting to know our elected officials, getting to know the staff at the city or in Austin so that we really have good direct connections to the decision makers who are making policies that impact what you do every day or what your members do every day. So there's a, there's a direct line of connection and communication between decision makers and business. Very insightful, Tricia. Uh, yes, you do kind of try to uh, read through the, the, tea, the tea leaves and, and make the complex understandable and, and give us a clear uh, path on how uh, we, could, we can na- navigate those waters. Speaking of navigating waters and challenging times, how has it been to start your own business, uh, particularly uh, in this year of uh, such challenging times? Any day now, after maybe some intense therapy, I'm going to be able to look back on last year in a real positive light, but um, it was incredibly challenging, I won't lie, um, because I think that anybody that went through something similar, and really anybody that went through last year, it was a really hard time, and I want to be honest about that. I also had a baby last year, so that complicated things further. Anytime you start a new business, I think it's hard. I wouldn't, you know, starting one during a pandemic was incredibly difficult, because just the normal way you do business is different all of a sudden when we're connecting virtually and I can't just go to the bank and start an account. I have to, you know, manage everything online. Um, Dealing with the secretary of state, all of that is just incredibly complicated. And I think the, the best advice I could give to anybody is what is probably the tried and true is like the people that you hire, that you surround yourself with make the difference for you. And so for me, it was making sure that the lawyer that I hired, the accountant that I hired, all of that, those were the kind of people that could shepherd me through the difficult process. The, the process that was already difficult that made a lot, was made a lot more difficult from the pandemic. So it was a, it was a very long year, as I'm sure most of your members feel as well. Um, and I'm happy to be on the other side of it. Well, Trisha's being a little modest because she did mention that she had a baby, but she has three beautiful children at home. She uh, has an amazing family. She runs her own business and she's just kind of always available. So (laughs) you are superwoman in some ways. And so thank you for everything that you do for Plano because you have other clients in Plano too. So we really appreciate um, all the work that you do for our community. Well, thank you. I, um, you know, it helps when you love what you do. And, um, you know, we talked about earlier, how do you stay so, how do you as a government relations consultant stay connected? And I I'm truly interested in the work that we do and ability to create good business community environment and make sure that the policies that our state is passing are beneficial for members. So it helps when you truly love what you do. That's true. Well, you kind of alluded to this tumultuous year we've had. So we had a pandemic that we, we, we are still having a pandemic. Still, I think it's the yes. word there. Yes. Um, we saw some major social movements uh, in our in our country and you know not a big deal it was also a presidential uh, election year um, an exciting presidential election year and so I think each of these things I mean we saw through the chamber the the set of challenges that each thing brought that that I just mentioned um, but it really had to be impactful in your field as well so can you just kind of walk us through how some of these major, you know, historical events in some ways shaped the last year for your business? Sure. I, I, any election season, we call it, you know, it's silly season. People, there's a big difference in my mind between um, election season and actual like office holding policy making season. And I think for most elected officials, that is true as well. I mean, you just have a whole different set of issues that you're dealing with when it's election season. And 2020 was that multiplied. 
And so for us, it just complicates things because you have to really be empathetic to what people are going through when they're elected officials and the ability for them to make decisions that might impact positively or negatively um, the election and re-election that they have going on at the moment. And so it was really hard because last year, because of the pandemic, because of all the social issues, we really needed our office holders to be making huge monumental policy decisions. And most of them are focused on an election and, and that's not a criticism, that's just the reality of what 2020 brought um, to us is that people were trying to grapple with making tough choices and maybe making decisions and policies that they didn't really know how it would affect, affect them on a political level and you know get reelected and and talk to their voters and manage all of that and it makes it really hard it makes it really hard when we are in an election season and everybody's sort of forced to retreat to their camp and their team we are less bipartisan and less focused on compromise and all the things that naturally come with having partisan elections and so um, I'm looking forward to 2021, if for no other reason than uh, we don't have on the partisan level, on the state and federal level, a bunch of elections going on that are kind of forcing us to sequester ourselves to, to different teams and different ends of the spectrum. Great, Tricia. Very insightful stuff. You've, and you've been working with the Plano Chamber uh, for several years now, uh, both in your, your previous firm and then the firm you started also, um, helping us uh, have a greater impact on, on the business community through um, the public policy side. Uh, how have you seen uh, the Plano Chamber of Commerce, um, their, our ability to interact and, and have an effective public policy? How, how have you seen us evolve since you, you started with us? Sure. So um, I would say that the chamber has, re- has evolved from a um, reactive place to proactive. And a lot of that it has to do with relationship building with our delegation um, and in Austin with committee and state leadership and really making sure that we have a seat at the table, so to speak. We, we're we fortunate in Plano. We have, we have elected leaders that are interested in what the Plano Chamber has to say. They want to make sure that the business community is friendly, um, that the policies that they pass ensure that your members still want to operate here and can operate here to the best of their abilities, that we have people that want to move here and live here. And so for us, it's really just making sure that, again, we utilize those relationships and that we answer the call when they need something from us. But not only that, we've gotten to the point where we are actively sharing with them um, directly from our members, feedback from the community on, on what's working, what's not, what needs to change. And I think from a standpoint, the standpoint in Austin, that's made a big difference. People are anxious to hear what Plano has to say. That We're the part of Collin County, which is the fastest growing county in Texas, maybe, or somewhere near the top. And so Plano is not an insignificant influencer when it comes to state policy. And I think just really realizing that as a chamber and utilizing that has been impactful these last few years. The 87th Texas Legislative Session kicked off in January and will run through May, maybe. We may be going a little bit longer, but traditionally through May. What are the major issues, Tricia, that you'll be tracking that are most important to our local business community here in Plano? So the main topic headed into session was budget and what this last year of an economic downturn as a result of the pandemic did to the state budget. Thankfully, as we started session in January, the comptroller forecasted a better budget session than we anticipated. It's not anywhere where they hoped it would be two years ago, but it's better than where we thought it might be a year ago. So for us, for session, it kind of went from 
fearing deep cuts and how are we going to make decisions on what gets funded and what doesn't to really, I think they'll be able to maintain funding for the most part. And one of our top priorities as a chamber, and I think chambers um, and the business community throughout the state is making sure that the progress that was made during the last legislative session for additional funding for public education remains in place if if difficult decisions are made. And then thanks to the winter storm two weeks ago, um, I think that you're going to see ERCOT reform top priority for the remainder of the session as our legislators try to better understand exactly what happened two weeks ago to cause those massive power failures throughout the state and what from a policy level they can do to ensure that that never happens again. And so we're ta- they're talking about things like increasing regulation to the point of winter enforcing some of our power plants to winterize and things like that. And so I think that is going to remain a top priority for the rest of the session. On a public ed standpoint further, we're talking about making sure that virtual learning opportunities remain an option for our public school districts. Some families are going to have found that this is a situation that works well for them and something that they're going to want to continue. And so we want to support Plano ISD and make sure that that's something that they can continue to utilize in the future, as well as changing our attendance calculations from enrollment or from to enrollment from attendance. Uh, We're focused on broadband, again, a major issue that's come to the forefront because of the pandemic as everyone worked from home virtually and and attended school virtually. We want to make sure that access to broadband is widespread throughout the state, and that's not an inhibitor for anyone that's continuing to learn virtually or, or work from home. We have some really good higher ed partners at the Plano Chamber, and so when we look at budgets, uh, they were forced to cut their budgets by 5% during the last biennium to in anticipation of a tough budget year, and so restoring those cuts if at all possible. And then always top of our agenda is economic development. So making sure that the Texas Enterprise Fund, Chapter 313, these different tax abatement programs and incentives that the government governor can use to attract huge headquarter relocations remain funded. And that that's not something that if we do get in a budget situation, a tough budget situation, we're looking at cutting because that, those have been incredibly um, impactful in Plano. And we wanna make sure that those tools remain in the ta- on the table. Thanks, Tricia. You mentioned uh, Snowmageddon, the once-in-a-generation snowstorm and uh, that had all of the um, power outages, water shortages. I mean, the, the terrible, um, you know, consequences for the citizens of the state of Texas uh, in that uh, the legislature um, obviously did not plan for that. However, that has kind of taken main focus of the legislature. Um, what items do you maybe see uh, that might fall by the wayside that were a high focus prior to the winter storm and, and ERCOT and the PUC and all those things that everybody has, has now laser focused on, what items do you see as possibly kind of falling by the wayside or slipping through the cracks? You know, I think that it's a little bit of, I would look at it more of, it was the legislature went into session anticipating a major focus on the budget. And when that didn't end up in as dire a situation as they anticipated, um, there was almost some room for a bigger issue for them to tackle. And we, from a budget standpoint in Austin, I would say, you know, there's not going to be huge budget cuts. So there's not necessarily going to be a bunch of fights over what gets cut, but there's also not so much funding that we're going to have disagreements over what gets funded now that didn't used to. And so from just a capacity standpoint, I think that they have the time to focus on this ERCOT reform. And I think that for most of us, 
when we talk about our energy grid and the policies that support it and govern it, that is a pretty foreign subject. And so even for some of our legislators, I think getting caught up on, okay, we know that what happened two weeks ago can never happen again, but from a policy standpoint, what do we need to do to ensure that doesn't happen, but maintain our reputation as a state with low regulation and, and uh, low energy prices um, and find a balance for all those things. So there's a lot of learning that's gonna happen this session, probably from all of us and, and even for the chamber and our membership on what those policies look like and understanding what they do to our members and their energy bills and what we're supportive of and what we might you know, end up opposing or something like that. So on the local level, um, you know, we have local elections coming up in Plano. We are kind of right in the middle of that cycle. Local elections don't always get quite the, the, the high number of voter turnout as some of the national elections, but why would you say it's so important for our listeners to engage in local elections and, and, and vote? Sure. I, to me, as somebody that does this day to day, it's always sort of baffling to me that our national politics get as much attention oh. as they do, but our local doesn't. And not that I think we need less on the national level, but in general, what the president or even your member of Congress does on a day to day has less of an impact on your day to day life as your city council member who gets to decide whether to fund street repairs and fix the pothole that's outside your driveway or your school board member who is dealing with your tax rate and your kids. And so for me, on a local level, there is nothing, there is no form of government that's closer to pe the people and that has a bigger impact on just your everyday quality of life. What do I experience, you know, from the time I get out of bed to the time I go back to bed at night. And so, um, you know, if you like how things are going in your city, you should vote and make sure that we continue in that um, on that trajectory. If you are unhappy about some things, you should find some candidates that better represent what you think the changes should be made. We all just owe it to each other to be good neighbors and a, a good community member and, and learn about the candidates and support the people that we feel like are, are going to take our city and our school district in the right direction. Yeah, and we have four city council seats um, that are up for on the ballot this year. And one of them is our mayor since Mayor LaRosselier is terming out. So this is a, this is a big ballot year. That is a, that's a big deal. And an open mayor seat, um, especially in Plano is a big deal because that, that mayor has a lot of impact on, you know, the things that they talk about and the decisions that they make at city council. And so, you know, if you, if you don't think mayor is important, sit it out and you're going to find out just how how much of an impact it, it has. And we actually, so we have four city council and then the mayor. So we have five on a Plano, local Plano level in addition to school board seats. So you've got a long ballot. And I think that the city also has a bond measure on the ballot. So uh, it's incredibly important for people to turn out, take the time to learn about these candidates. There's lots of opportunities. The chamber is gonna have opportunities with um, candidate forums and information on the bond and things like that. So find the source that you trust, that you feel like you have some alignment with and, and get some information on the candidates and the initiatives from them and, and definitely make a point to go vote. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, Tricia, uh, that um, local politics had the greatest impact on your personal and, and business life as well. So uh, it is amazing when sometimes you ask, uh, I mean, people come sometimes and ask, uh, who are you voting for for city council? I'm like, well, you know, this is who I'm voting for and why. And 
And they, they literally have, don't spend enough time uh, to learn about um, the candidates and what they support and their ideology and that type of thing. Um, so, yes, May is going to be a, a very influential month in the city of Plano and, and also will affect the Chamber of Commerce and businesses here. Um, so uh, we are still in a pandemic uh, or uh, by most uh, accounts, we're nearing uh, the end of it or at least a less extreme part of it. I'll put it that way. I don't know. I'll try to be very, dip, you know, mild in my, in my comments. Um, okay, but, yeah, right. Well, not too long ago, um, the, uh, the governor uh, on Texas Independence Day, March 2nd, um, announced that he was going to uh, remove the emergency ban and, and uh, the state mask mandate. So how do you think that's going to affect uh, businesses and citizens of Plano? I, I think that this is really in line with the way that Governor Abbott governs our state. And I, I think he would tell you it's in line with his party that uh, if you watch the press conference yesterday, he made a point to say this pandemic isn't over. We are not through with COVID. COVID is still a threat. It's a very real threat. And his point was, you know, Texas, we've learned a lot about this pandemic over the last year. We have these vaccines that are rolling out and Texas is doing a great job with getting them out. Um, we have treatments that we didn't have a year ago. There's all these different sort of advantages that we have that we didn't have in, in March of 2020. And so his point was because of all that, because of where we're at with cases, you individual, you business, do not need the government to mandate how you respond to the pandemic anymore. And he made a point of saying, continue to follow the medical advice. I would anticipate we're going to still see him wearing a mask um, and, and the people around him. And so he really left it up to individual businesses and individuals to sort of govern themselves and make choices for themselves and for their community, their business, their staff and employees on how best to keep themselves safe. Um, and so uh, I think that you'll probably see most businesses continue to require masks and you'll see social distancing still be a thing. I think that most people will expect that, especially in our more urban areas that have you know more density and have seen bigger caseloads. And, you know, this day was probably to some extent inevitable because that's just the way that Governor Abbott, his belief is small government, individual freedoms, uh, which relate to businesses as well. So I think that you're going to see businesses largely respond with continuing on with those safety measures, um, even if they're no longer required by the government. Thank you, Tricia. And we will continue to, um, you know, help our members understand these changes and uh, keep everybody up to date and keep an eye on, you know, how our community is impacted by the coronavirus and the continuing pandemic. Well, it went really quick, but that's all the time we have for today. Tricia, thank you again for taking time out of your schedule to join us. Uh, we know you're a very busy lady, so thank you for, you know, all of your comments and updating our listeners on the important work that not only the chamber does, but that you do um, in partnership with us. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate being on. And I always, the favorite questions I get are the ones that I know the answers to. So anytime anybody has any questions on what's happening in Austin or at the local level, I'm happy to, to help. Well, thank you for that. Some key dates to remind everyone of the general and special election for the city of Plano, Plano ISD, and Collin College races, as well as the bond propositions, is Tuesday, May 1st. Early voting begins April 19th and concludes April 27th. And the last day to register to vote is Thursday, April 1st. So make sure 
you're registered, go to the Collin County election website. Um, there's a link on the chamber website to that site. Make sure you're registered to vote and be ready to cast um, your ballot. So the Plano Chamber's uh, schedule of candidate forums and issue forums is available on our website as well so that you can learn more. Yes, I want to echo uh, Kelly's comments, Tricia. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been very insightful and, and it did go, it flew by, the time flew by. If you're interested in reaching our Plano Pulse listeners, uh, please contact the Plano Chamber of Commerce to become a sponsor for the Plano Pulse. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plano Pulse. Please let us know what you think, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Hey everyone, Kelly Marcellus here, your president and CEO of the Plano Chamber. Are you looking to kickstart your Friday morning with dozens of local business owners and professionals? Set your alarm and join us for our weekly business interchange meetings for virtual networking worth waking up early for. Meetings are held at 7.30 a.m. every Friday morning on Zoom. Join us and share your 30-second commercial promoting your business and be the first to hear what's going on with other local businesses. Visit planochamber.org to learn more and we'll see you next Friday.